welcome to the Stepping Off Now podcast. I'm Kendra. Before I get into today's episode, I wanted to put my call of action here at the front. I usually say this stuff at the back end. If you enjoy my podcast and find it of value, I would like to ask you to share it with other people in whatever way is comfortable for you. And maybe that's just telling a friend about it. There are people out there who may need to hear what I have to say, and I would like to help them find my podcast. So thank you so much for doing that. I would also like to invite you to check out in my show notes ways to support the show. I have a couple Patreon tiers that offer bonus content. One of them is called What the Research Says, and that's an exploratory tier where I every month pick an area of research and discuss it. As you know, I'm a social scientist, so I have a background in being a professional researcher. And I have another tier called the Reverse Side of the Tapestry, which is more of an aspirational tier, and you'll get an additional bonus episode where I talk about some aspect of behind the scenes of being a creative entrepreneur and an artist and what that looks like for me. And I also occasionally put out a listener feedback episode, where, which is a way of having a conversation with my patrons who email me with all kinds of interesting thoughts and questions. And now on to the show. Today I'm going to talk about a really interesting inadvertent experiment I ran over the last couple weeks that has to do with inviting the to-do list back into my life and the consequences of that. But first, I want to talk about what my time usage has looked like over the last decade of my life, which includes, of course, getting my PhD and working in academia and experiencing severe burnout that I am now recovered from, but only because I worked really hard to create a life for myself and arrange it in such a way as to feel good to me, to suit my nature, and to be conducive to doing my creative work. I want to start by giving you a picture of what my life was like before the current era of my life now, in which I feel like I am living the life I want, I'm creatively fulfilled. It really does feel like my best life, but I worked really, really hard to get to where I am. For the first half of my PhD, so for about four years, I don't know if I took a single weekend or holiday off. I worked every single day constantly. And while I did take a yearly vacation, that was the only time that I took off from work. Needless to say, that led to severe burnout. And then I became incapable of really doing much work at all. If I could get in 20 to 30 minutes of writing my dissertation a day, that was like a really good day. And then I wouldn't really be able to do anything else that day, except for the bare minimum of what I had to do to maintain my life and earn a little bit of money for myself. Part of my recovery from all of that was figuring out a way to live that feels good to me. And one thing that I've understood over time that I'm really susceptible to is feeling stress around time crunch. I am not the type of person who likes to have an overloaded schedule. 
I've never been a to-do list person, but I completely eliminated to-do lists of any kind from my life. And along with that, and I think part of that was eliminating from my life all the things I felt like I had to do or should do, except for the things I absolutely had to do. So there are always a lot of things that we think we have to do or should do in our lives, but most of them we actually don't. We just either think we have to or we want to do them for some reward we think we're going to get, even though we don't particularly like doing that thing. So I worked hard to create a life that has a lot of open space in it because that's what allows me to live the creative life. I need to live a life that has very few have-to-do obligations every day and a life that includes, relatively speaking, more want-to-do things. And like I said, this was a years-long process to learn about (laughs) the difference between those things and give up doing the things that I thought I had to do or should be doing, but was really only doing because what will people think if I don't do them? Or what if everything falls apart in, in my life? Of course, those things didn't happen. And what I realized is I actually don't really care what other people think because I'm happy now. And when you're happy, you don't care or you don't care overly much. I shouldn't say I don't care at all, but I don't care overly much. It's not I'm not making decisions about my life, in other words, based on what other people might think. That's a pretty big deal. It's a big deal for me, at least. So what this means is that on a day-to-day basis, because there are so few things that I absolutely have to do, I purposely live my life that way, I can easily keep them all in my head. There are also, relatively speaking, few things that I absolutely want to do. Examples of the former would be, of course, my daily care activities for my animals. I have 10 animals in my house. I know that sounds insane, but six of those are chickens that live in the backyard. I have three dogs and one cat. Those are my other dependents. So as you can imagine, there are a lot of daily tasks that I do for them, but even those I keep to a minimum. For example, I don't brush their teeth. Should I be brushing their teeth? Would a good creature mom brush their dog's teeth? Yeah, but I don't do that because that's just one more thing and it's too much for me. Of course, the work that I do for my income, various freelance and commission-based stuff are other things that I'm fairly obligated to do in order to support my life. Examples of the latter, things I absolutely want to do. This is my creative work involved in this podcast and writing my fiction. I don't have to do those things, but I've arranged my life so that I am able to do them and do them happily because that's what makes life happy for me to live on a day-to-day basis. So what I'm getting at here is that I haven't had a to-do list for many, many years, because there's no reason to. I can hold in my mind all of the things I need to do, and because I don't like to live a life that's full of all these little teeny tiny nitty-gritty things that I have to do that would necessitate a to-do list, it's not necessary for me to have them. I want to kind of state the obvious here that I have made a lot of choices in my life that are conducive to living this way. Uh, A major one, of course, being I'm child-free by choice. So that does certainly lighten the load here for me in my life. But that being said, I do think it's possible for people to, regardless of their circumstances, in most cases, I do think it's possible for people to create lives that feel good for them, working with what they have and within their 
own particular circumstances. So recently, what led to this experiment, this experiment with doing a to-do list after many, many years of not having a to-do list, I have been feeling like there's maybe a little bit too much open space in my life. For a long time, I didn't have the emotional, mental, psychological energy to do much at all. And that was part of the burnout. But as I've recovered and I've gotten stronger and stronger, I'm finding that I'm capable of doing more and more, fitting more and more into my life without feeling that anxiety of the time crunch and the overwhelm that I so easily can tip into as an HSP. So I had this idea. I'm like, well, up to now, I've been living my life fairly intuitively, which means that I basically, when I have open space, I just kind of, I sit with it and then I do whatever pops into my head to do, whatever feels like it's the thing that needs to be done in that moment. But there are many things now in my life, increasingly many things that I want to fill my time with and that I'm capable of doing, I'm capable of handling now that I'm healed. And I don't always think of them. They're not always at the top of my mind, right? So when I sit down and I have that open space, I tend to kind of maybe turn on the TV and watch some Netflix. And wow, that was all well and good when that was something that was helping me deal with and manage my anxiety, the burnout-related anxiety. It no longer feels like that's a helpful or useful activity for me. And I want to fill that time in another way. So I thought, I'll make a list of all of these little chores and tasks that I want to get done. So I did. And I'm going to read you this to-do list I made for myself, which the purpose of it was to give me something to refer to in those slower moments, those quiet moments, where I feel like I want to do something. I feel like I have the energy to do something, but nothing is coming to mind. Here we go. Weed front yard. Weed backyard. These are year-long activities here in Florida. Put stuff away. As we know, there's always something to be put away. Finish painting kitchen hardware. Clean back porch. Paint furniture. Read. Work on ebook. Do admin work. Find stuff to donate and go donate it. Make cream. This refers to uh, body lotions and lip balms. I make my own out of coconut oil. So <laughs> this seems like a really positive thing to do, right? And for a couple days... This worked. In the afternoons, which is usually when I have a bit of downtime, I would look at this and then I would pick something that felt like it was something I wanted to do. So I'm not just randomly picking. I'm looking through it and I'm thinking, you know, I really feel like reading or I really feel like finishing painting that piece of furniture. And then I would go do it. But here's where things get interesting. I noticed after a few days that my feelings and attitude towards this open space in my day started to shift. Whereas before, it was a beautiful and relaxing thing. It was a time I could use to slow down, be mindful, recover, work on my feelings around time and productivity and wasting time. Suddenly, that space of time stopped being something to enjoy and use as I wished, and started being this commodity that was utilitarian. It was a space of time when I could get something done that needed to get done. What needed to get done? The stuff on my to-do list. The very act of having that stuff written down where I could refer to it 
turned it into stuff that I, quote, have to do rather than stuff I can do if I want to. It turned it into tasks rather than activities that bring value to my life. This was a very clear and astonishing result of creating a to-do list. I couldn't believe how quickly it happened as well, that it only took a few days to go from this feeling of living my life intuitively and doing activities that bring value to my life to living my life based on these time blocks in which I need to use the time as efficiently and productively as possible. And I'm someone who has worked for years and years on living life more intuitively and, you know, developing a a better relationship with time and making decisions based on energy rather than time. And still, with just within a couple days, I was back to that old way of doing things that I find so dispiriting and depressing. Because what happens is you start to look at time as something to use to get things done rather than something to experience. And it's an entirely different kind of relationship. And I hope you can sort of visualize what I'm trying to get at here. I talk about this a lot in various ways, somewhat obliquely in all of my work, this way that we have of approaching time in our modern Western societies, where it is a measured and utilitarian resource, that it's a commodity, versus the totally different way of using time and seeing time as something that you experience in a very subjective way that is a very relative thing. So when you're not trying to use time efficiently, you begin to experience time very differently depending on the different tasks you do. And I try to incorporate into my day more tasks that allow me to basically kind of lose track of linear measured time and experience time as something that I am immersed in. So living in the now, which is something that Eckhart Tolle talks a lot about in his work as well. So this shouldn't be an unfamiliar concept, but you may not have really thought about what this what the implications are in terms of these seemingly helpful and relatively benign daily practices that we often use, like creating to-do lists. They're not benign at all, actually, because they encourage your brain to experience time in certain ways. So the final thing I want to hit on here, which is related to this, is this idea of using time based on energy rather than using your energy based on time. I've written a couple blog posts about this. The most recent one I put out last Friday, and I'll put a link for that in the show notes. Our standard way of using time is based on how much we have and how much we have to do. So we make calculations, often using a kind of to-do list, even if it's just a mental to-do list, of how much we have to get done how much time is available, and then we fit how much we have to get done into the amount of allotted time that we have. And usually because we're planning well into the future with this energy and and whether or not we're going to have the the mental, emotional, psychological, and physical energy or spiritual energy as another type of energy to do those tasks doesn't really factor into things. 
we assume that we'll find the energy. And if we can't find the energy, we're still going to probably push ourselves through and still do the thing, unless we're just really exhausted. That's the standard way that we do things. And this seems totally normal to us, but it's actually quite nuts. And this is one of the reasons that we are suffering so much from burnout and related conditions like overwhelm, depression, anxiety in our society. The way that I started doing things was I would make decisions about time and how I used time based on the energy I have. This accomplishes a couple things. The first thing is that you're not pushing yourself through to do things when the requisite energy just really isn't there. So you're going to find that you therefore have more energy for the things that really matter. And you're probably going to end up actually counterintuitively accomplishing more if you begin to live your life in this way. Because a lot of things start to fall away. A lot of things that actually you realize aren't so important that you don't have to do. A second benefit of living this way is that it kind of forces you to live in the now. Because let's say you plan to do something this weekend because you're going to have some open time on Saturday. It's yard work or whatever. You get to Saturday and you're just not there in terms of the energy and when I'm, when I say energy, I'm talking about not just standard energy, but a feeling of enthusiasm as well, right? Like this is something that you, you feel like you actually want to do it. So you decide you're not going to do whatever that thing is, the yard work. You're going to do something else instead that is more suited to where you are in that moment. Now, obviously, you can't always do that because there are obligations in life. But you can also think about this in terms of, well, how can I do this obligation in a way that is actually going to make it more pleasurable for me? I remember reading an interview with Diana Gabaldon, who is the woman who wrote the Outlander series, where she said that she would bring her research to all her kids' sports games. She had three kids, has three kids. Uh, they're, they're full grown now. But this was back when they were children. So as I'm sure you can imagine, she had a lot of obligations, both stuff she had to do and stuff she probably wanted to do to be there for her kids. And yet she still managed to write these really long novels. I don't know if you've ever read them. I know a lot of people are watching the Outlander series now, but I've been reading her novels since they basically since they started coming out. And they required a lot of research. Well, she would bring that research to her kids sports game and sports games and she would do it there. One way of both making those sports games a little bit more enjoyable for her and getting something done that was important to her personally. Now, she's a person who is very, very high energy. So this might look very different if you're a person who's more like me. It may look more like picking and choosing the activities that you attend, not doing all the things you know, some people are just more naturally suited to doing all the things, and some of us are more naturally suited to doing almost none of the things, <laughs> but really showing up when we show up. You know what I mean? So that is the long and short of my to-do list experiment, which was an inadvertent experiment. What I'm going to do is rip up my to-do list and, if at all possible, not have one again. Now, if you're wondering how I do keep track of important stuff, I have a big calendar, which is a monthly calendar. So I don't use those week-to-week -week calendars where you have this place where you can write in all the stuff for one day. 
It's just a calendar with the blocks. And so what this means is I can only fit so much into each block, right? And I have that open on my coffee table. And so I can easily visualize what I have upcoming in the week and take a look at whether the week is going to be full or relatively empty and make decisions based on what I imagine my energy is going to be because I have a pretty good idea of the type of person I am. I'm very low energy, so I have to be very careful in what I schedule into any given week. So that's the extent of it. That's my system. And that works really well for the type of person that I am. So I'm going to go back to my regular way of handling those empty spaces, which is to just sit with them and not force myself to do anything at all. So back to wasting time, guys, (laughs) back to my intentional practice of wasting time. And what usually ends up happening, and I've spoken about this before, is that after a few minutes, something will pop into my head that is something I feel enthusiastic about and want to do, and then I'll go do that. So this has confirmed to me that my system is working. And I'm really glad that this experience happened, because it shows me that trusting myself and my intuitive wisdom about what feels like the right way to live my own life really does work for me. And that's what I would like to encourage all of you to do. There's nothing wrong with to-do lists if that is something that really works for you. I know some people really love them. They love bullet journals and that kind of stuff. But I do want to give you some ideas about a different way of doing things. If you find that that isn't working for you, if it's not allowing you to live a life that really does feel fulfilling, creatively fulfilling, and like your best life. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you have a wonderful weekend or week if you're listening to this after the weekend. And I will see you next Friday. Bye.